Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Chance Weber. How are you, Chance? Doing very well. Good morning. Thank you for coming on the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's great to have you. So can you kind of, in your own words, um, share what you do and then we'll take it from there? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I own a full service digital marketing agency, which is uh, what a lot of people like to talk about, but I try to simplify it a lot more. My job is to make businesses more money than they're paying me through the internet. That's the most simplistic way to put it. So at this point, my my agency manages millions of dollars a month in Google ads, Facebook ads, uh, search engine optimization. If any of your listeners are familiar with that term, it's pretty popular these days. We've had Google for a long time now, um, but we do everything on on that scale. A lot of ads, again, content marketing, search engine optimization, email marketing, and again, full service digital marketing and everything is done right in-house within uh, our walls and underneath of our roof in St. Louis, Missouri is where we're located. Very good. And so what is your, you mentioned uh, a few services. So what are you, is there a specific service that you are very good at or very good at everything, but is there something that people come to you for specifically? You know, I, I wouldn't say it's specifically a one specific service, but I, I would definitely say that the majority of our revenue and, and, and I guess the top services that we provide would be running both Google and Facebook ads and search engine optimization. I mean, those kind of three things are, are most certainly the pillars of our agency. Again, do we build websites? Yes. Do we do email marketing? Yes. But those are the three things that when I get a phone call uh, at, this, at this point in time, my agency, believe it or not, we're, we're a marketing agency. We don't, we don't do a lot of marketing. I have a very hard time keeping up with the referrals that we get, which is an amazing problem to have. Um, but that is usually what the majority of those phone calls are led off with is, hey, I talked to so-and-so that you do their, you run their Google ads and we need help. Can you help us? Hmm. So do you have any kind of a recommendation for someone that's listening um, to help them figuring out what keywords and how to find the right keywords to use. Sure. Yeah. I mean, keywords is a big, big thing of anything to do with Google, right? I mean, you've got to have a strategy yeah. behind what you're doing. So, you know, one of the big things that I try to tell people is a lot, a lot of business owners and, and marketers in general get very caught up in keyword research on the front end. And it's most certainly yeah. vital. It's important. You've got to do it. There's a lot of tools out there. Um, when it comes to search engine optimization, I love a tool by the name of Ahrefs. It's, it's A-H-R-E-F-S.com. Uh, we, we use that software that gives us a ton of intel on looking at competitors of our clients to understand what keywords they're ranking well for and what kind of traffic that that's driving and what the value of those things are. Uh, but generally speaking, one thing I always try to really relay to businesses in general, when it comes to target keywords, whether it's search engine optimization or Google ads, unfortunately, a lot of it is, is you've got to pay for that data. You've got to run those ads and get that data and understand mm. what clicks or what keywords that caused those clicks that drove that visitor to your landing page or website or whatever the case might be. 
of those leads, what actually turned into sales. So I'm a big fan of closing the loop and reverse engineering. If Joe Schmo clicks on this keyword, comes to the landing page, turns into a lead, and then you sell him, I want to know that. And then I'm going to reverse engineer that whole entire process all the way back to that keyword and understand that that is valuable. So we might have some keywords that underperform, some keywords that that are performing much higher. From there, it's business 101, right? We've got to recalibrate Mm. that budget, get more funds into the things that are selling, less funds into the things that aren't. So to me, you know, yes, there has to be a basis of keyword research on the front end, but it's really more so about being adaptable in your approach as you continue to get that data and it evolves when you're in an account like that. Yeah, no, you're, it's, it's so true. Like data is everything, right? Data is king. It, it is, absolutely, you have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, once you have the data, I remember when we had the medical clinic and we were running ads and the guys that I was working with, they said, you know, you got to give it a few weeks. Like we got to get the data. Yeah. We got to get the data. The data is everything. And, you know, it, it, it etched in my mind since then that because it kept getting better, right? As soon the more data we got, the better yeah. it got. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's a sign of a good agency. I mean, I, I tell everybody three months before you can really get a, a campaign optimized, yeah. not a campaign. It's really more so an account as a whole, but the campaign that you launch with to get that into the most optimal place takes about 90 days worth of data. Now there's kind of an asterisk next to that. If somebody is spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month, you start to get that data a lot quicker. I've got half a dozen clients probably mm. even more than that. We probably have seven or eight now that spend six figures a month just in ad spend. Well, for that, those types of businesses, we get that data much faster, right? Because they're spending much more money. So they're getting many more clicks. So the data is coming a lot quicker and we can adapt accordingly. Yeah. Where if somebody's spending a couple thousand bucks a month and their clicks are somewhat expensive, we're not getting as much data. So it's a slower process. So that timeline slows down. But at the end of the day, mm. you're absolutely right. And you know, that is a good sign of, of working with a good agency. And, and one of the things that, uh, that I will tell you is my number is 19 out of 20. 19 out of 20, also, you know, a lot of this, what we're talking about right now is really geared towards Google Ads accounts. But 19 out of 20 Google Ads accounts that we review are terrible. Um, I am in one mm. of those industries that has a black eye. And um, it's crazy how many agencies are out there that really do poor work and get away with it somehow because of the ignorance of the business owner. They, and, and when I say ignorance, I'm not, I'm not taking a shot at anybody. It's ignorance, meaning lack of knowledge, right? They don't understand yeah. it well enough to understand what they're getting or not. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but, but what you went through and experienced there is exactly how it should go. And that, that is, that is a blueprint of how to launch a Google ads account in general. It's always the worst and the slowest out of the gate. The the lower the budget, the higher the competition, right? The higher the budget, we can fight the big guys. You can fight the big guys a lot better, right? But a lot of times, you know, I, I'm usually not working with the big guys. I mean, I definitely have some big guys, but um, to me, that's where an agency can really shine and and earn their management fee is when, you know, they're going after the big guys and having to pick and choose the battles with a much more limited budget, right? And making that as efficient as they possibly can. That, that's the beauty of working with a, a marketer that knows how to run this stuff. So as a minimum, just to get some data, it might take longer, right? But if someone's listening and, and considering this, 
what number would you give them as a minimum as an investment into the ads for the first few months if the budget is great yeah it's a great question that's literally impossible to answer and i'll explain why okay Mm -hmm. i have one client that comes to mind off the top of my head that manufactures ultra high pressured homogenizers all right. Now you probably don't know what the hell that is. I most certainly didn't before no. I took them on as a client. I don't know if I can but, pronounce it. Yeah, you know, I don't. I still don't know if I can spell it. And they've been a client <laughs> for like seven years. Um, no, but no. Um, it, it, there's eight companies on Earth that do what they do. Eight on Earth, not, not in the United States. In the world, there's eight companies that do what they do. So what does that mean? There's not a ton of competition, okay? So their cost per click is very low because there's not a lot of other companies bidding on that real estate and trying to fight for those keywords. So for their sake, their budget is much lower than, let's say, a roofing company, all right? Or Mm -hmm. a personal injury law firm. Or a divorce attorney, you know, these geo-targeted businesses that are very cutthroat that spend tons of money mm. on marketing. So, you know, depending a, a on the industry, in- it is. It's a hundred percent niche specific and mm. market specific. There is a difference between a roofing company in the very rural area, a very rural county, yes. and a roofing company yeah. in, let's say, Tampa Bay right now, or down in Florida where a hurricane just hit, right? Like there, there's a, it's a very different world. So there's going to be a ton of ad dollars going in to Florida right now for those type of contractors and things like that. Because the, I mean, it's sad to say it's a horrific thing. I'm not trying to shed marketing light on a hurricane, but there's, there's a lot, Mm. you know, there's a lot of work that's going to have to be done there. And there will be a lot of advertising marketing dollars spent in that market. So it's niche specific and market specific. And when I say market, I mean, geographically and, and more from a population density viewpoint. That's what determines that. So to answer your question, it could be as much as two, three, four, five thousand dollars. It could be fifty thousand dollars. You know, everything's mm. going to be dependent on those variables. Mm. Excellent point, um, Chance. What What do you recommend for anyone to look into? Like, we they should be looking into the on-page and off-page SEO, right, for their website. Sure. Yeah. Um, any kind of recommendations you can give the listeners about both? That can I, I would take that a step back even further. Okay. Sure. When I try to talk about digital marketing, I put everything into two buckets. Bucket number mm-hmm. one is what I refer to as intent driven marketing. All right. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is if my roof got damaged in a storm, I have a problem. I go to Google and I look for a solution. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's very transactional, right? This stuff happens very, very quickly. I have a problem. I need a solution. My air conditioning went out. I need an HVAC company. Okay. I need a new pair of running shoes. The sole fell off. I go and I search running shoes or I go straight to Nike's website, which will be a little bit different, right? But from a search engine standpoint, if it's a problem and a solution, there's an intent. It's intent-driven marketing, Mm -hmm. very actionable, very high conversion, right? Bucket number Mm -hmm. two is what I would call more audience-based marketing, which is a lot more relatable to more old-school, traditional types of marketing. You put a billboard up on the side of the interstate and you're a roofing company, back to my example, if my roof is in good shape, I don't care about your billboard, right? That's I can like drive Facebook. Your, 
Yes. So audience-based marketing is more so social media, Facebook specifically, where we can go in and we can try to target people based on certain attributes of who they are, Mm -hmm. the demographics that they are, male, female, right? All these different things that they have interest in. So the first thing that I would do is, you know, with those two buckets being said is take a step back and look at your business. All right. So if you're a roofing company, Google's your best friend. If you're an e-com company that sells apparel, People don't go on Google and look for t-shirts, right? If they are, it's like XYZ t-shirt. Yes. They're looking Mm. for something that has a brand or something that they adapt Mm. with or that they enjoy. Now on Facebook, I could go to that audience and say, okay, these are the attributes of somebody who might want to buy my t-shirt and then I can show it to them visually. So it's more about targeting an audience. So I think you have to take a step back and look at your business and go, are they have an intent And are they looking for this product or service directly? And if so, I would probably start in the Google bucket, right? If not, if it's something that you're to have a brand that you're trying to build or something that can adapt to people if they see it and you can target them by their interest or attributes as an audience, then Facebook marketing or Instagram, right, is probably going to be your better play. But I I would start there and then funnel into one of those two avenues. Now, those crossover, by the way right? It's not perfectly linear to one or the other. You can absolutely market in both of those buckets. But from a starting point, I think you need to establish that first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, if you're looking for a high intent to Google, if you're looking for brand awareness, um, Facebook and social media as a starting point. Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. So how did you get into this business? Like, what's your story? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, out of Thanks. college, I, I took a financial advisor job. I was, I would say, somewhat successful in that role. Then I took a job in recruiting and financial services, wasn't quite as successful in that role, and uh, found myself in a situation where I'd had a car repossessed, a 483 credit score, and was really at rock bottom in life. And uh, an acquaintance from college had a digital marketing agency, and he started recruiting me in to be his sales rep. He wanted me to come in and do sales for him. And I, I kind of look, took a look in the mirror. I was 29 years old. Uh, I was My girlfriend and I were on the outs, so I had nothing tying me down, no family, no wife. No, you know, no children. I had a 483 credit score. I'm 29 years old. I'm at rock bottom. And I'm like, why the hell would I go work for somebody? I'm going to do this on my own. So I started reading books. The first book I ever read was actually SEO for dummies, which is hilarious because I'm sure the algorithm has changed 3,000 times. Those are good books, though. You know, they are, but that, that one's probably beyond obsolete at this point. But um, so I started reading books. They must update them, though. Do they? Do they update them? I, I don't know. Like they must though. I can't believe that they would be <laughs> still selling something that they published in the nineties. Right. It's funny. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure, but yeah, but yeah so I educated <laughs> and decided to launch the business. And I, I launched it initially as with a, basically a back end, a white label agency that was doing all the work for me. Right. They were doing the actual work because I didn't understand enough, didn't feel capable enough. Well, after working with them for two, three years, I started realizing they're not that great at this. We can do this stuff better on our own. So we brought everything in house, started hiring people, building out our team. And now we are Mm -hmm. a full service agency. I have copywriters, account managers, developers, uh, everybody on my team that sits, you know, we're we're, we're not a a remote business. Everybody sits within our office and we do 110% of the work that we supply. So that was kind of our transition. 
passion. And, you know, I, I started out, I borrowed $15,000 from my mommy and daddy with my, my 483 credit score. And, uh, I've been able to, over the last decade, build it to a company that does eight figures a year in revenue and uh, very Amazing. healthy profit margins. And, you know, I, I live a life that I would have dreamt of, you know, as, as a kid, let alone love 10 it. years ago. So you can change things pretty quickly. Yeah. I love it. I love these stories. You know, that's uh, one of the most exciting part of this. This what I do here is is meeting people like you and hearing their story. And I have to congratulate yeah. you, Chance, for for doing it. You know, to making it because there's a there's a lot of social media companies out there. Like every right. everywhere you look, you know, they say, "Yeah, I know social media." Like it's it's a it's marketing, right? It's the blood bloodline of, of, of a business. So there's a lot of a competition. And for you to take those steps, to educate yourself, to experience, to learn, and to create it into something that it is today is commendable. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, right? That saying is so very true. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is, yeah. is very hard. I've been in the lowest of lows and the highs of highs and I mean, hell, I just inked a, a TV deal yesterday. It'll be the second TV show nice. that I'm ever going to be on. And, you know, getting to be on podcasts like this and asked to be interviewed and things like this, it's pretty, it, it, it keeps me humble. Let's put it that way. I, uh, yeah. I have no problem remembering where I've came from in the journey to get here, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I might not live as long because of the, the damn stress that I put on myself through this all, but um, my life is pretty, I, I don't have any complaints at this point. Let's put it that way. I just turned 40. It's been a decade plus since I started this thing. And um, I've never been happier. I've never been healthier mentally, physically. I've got a beautiful wife and children. And um, like I said, uh, uh, I'm, I've been very blessed to be where I'm at. But a lot of hard work got here. How many Nobody children? Handed me anything. I have two children, two and five-year-old daughters. Oh, amazing, my friend. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Kids are kids are driving force, you know. They're amazing. So they are. They are. Um, for you going forward in the next five years, for example, what is your plan? Where are you what are you going to be doing? Like, what are you where are you taking this? Or are you shifting it? Any any kind of plans you can share? Sure. From an, from an agency standpoint. I have this number in my mind for some reason of 15 million a year in, in annual revenue is a number that I don't want to really surpass. And I'll explain why people would go, well, why? Why wouldn't you want to make more money? Why wouldn't you do more things? And, you know, it, there's a certain point for me, everybody's different. I mean, when, when you, how do I say, it? I hate saying this stuff because I feel like I sound arrogant, but when you start making millions of dollars a year and you're very successful, there's a certain point, at least if there's come this point for me where I've just kind of hit this crossroads where I'm like, I don't necessarily need any more money. I want to focus on my happiness and giving my children experiences and making, yeah, it's like, you know, it goes back to the saying, like people talk about, I'm a seven figure entrepreneur. Like I make seven figures a year. And my whole thing is, is are you a seven figure husband? Are you a seven figure father? Are you a seven figure friend? Like, that's great. You make a lot of money. How's the rest of your life? I know a lot of people mm. who are multimillionaires who are some of the most miserable yes. human beings you can ever meet. So for yes. me, I want to grow it a little bit further. I, I love growing my people, my team. My COO was an intern of mine nine years ago. Mm. She's, she's 29, almost 30 years old, and she makes a lot of money 
and she's my COO. She's earned every single thing that she has done from truly $12, $15 an hour intern work to being where she's at now, making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. My business would die without her. I love that. I love growing people. So I want to grow my team more. um, But for me, specifically in the last six to eight months, I've gotten to a lot more speaking engagements. Uh, I've done some free. I've been paid for some. I love I love helping people. There's like this intangible yeah, fulfillment that comes from that. So that's really where I see you know the next ten to twenty years of my life going. And I'm really trying to ramp that up here over the next you know three to five years is to get more and more of these opportunities. These TV shows have been huge huge breaks for me, um, but just giving back. Like I feel like I it's not that I don't have yeah. more to accomplish or do because I do, but I'm looking more now for fulfillment per se than income. Mm. I have I have all the things I want. I have beautiful home, beautiful family. Supercars, boats, lake houses. I've traveled all over. Nice. I mean, I, that stuff's amazing. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I am a money driven human being, but it's really a lot more about fulfillment for me now. That's really where I'm yeah. shifting my mindset. Yeah. No, it's, it's great because I, you know, I meet a lot of people and especially what you're explaining, the type of entrepreneur. They get to that point where fulfillment becomes the number one goal. Yeah. And it's only because we always want something, right? We need something. So we yeah. we get to a place. First, some just don't get there because just they need a lot of help in the mindset stuff. But then some people are just driven, like really driven, like there's something in them that's pushing them, right? They get to that place, but then they say, shoot, like I'm – I just doesn't I don't know if I made it like I don't I don't feel good like inside yeah. I don't feel good yeah. and then they they turn the wheel and they start you know coming for people like me for example for mindset because then they realize the answers are within all the fulfillment no is within it's not out here right so their focus shifts to inside and then they bring that out so that converts into everything else as well what they're doing right so fulfillment is a major factor because life is so short you know like if you think about it, it's like a blink in the eye right like it a is blink of our eyes it's it goes by so quick so if if you don't have the fulfillment then really what are we what are we doing this for i 110 percent agree and you know the other thing is is i think because i was in such a bad place in life to start my journey everything was about mm-hmm. me how I need to make more money. I mean, I remember not being able to afford a groceries, having a car repossessed, having negative bank accounts. I remember all these mm-hmm. things. Like I've been through it all. I know what it's like to suffer and struggle. So for me, it's like when I look back at the last decade, it started out very much a me thing. I need mm-hmm. to do this. You know, yeah. me, 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 me. Now it's about mm-hmm. how do I be a good dad? The shifts. Yes. Mm. How do I grow my team? I love my team, mm. my people that they, they give their lives to me every day. Like, how do I grow these young adults into superhumans, right? How do I guide them? How mm. do I lead them? And that's, you know, it, it, you can't put a price tag on that stuff. I mean, I had a mm. speaking engagement last week and there was, a, I don't know, it was 500 people. And I spoke there and my DMs on Facebook and Instagram, I, I had to have, I had to have close to 10% of 
of the people that were there reach out to me and tell me thank you. And then I impacted them. And like when you get to come back home and sit down in your recliner in your living room and scroll through that stuff, you want to talk about fulfilling to think that 10 years ago, I was a guy that could probably couldn't even have got a job if I would have tried. And now I'm able to get Mm -hmm. on a stage and impact people, man, like there is an amount of money that you can make to explain the fulfillment of that. Like it means the world to me. Yeah, no, I agree. That's great chance. Definitely great to hear. And I'm sure everyone in the audience are also going to appreciate your story and what you're sharing. And hopefully they're, you know, striking up something within that they can take a step forward. Sure. Or if they are being successful, you know, maybe they might want to think about this side of things that you're mentioning here is that there is so much more to life than money, you know. There is. Um, yeah, and that's great that you're on that journey. Um, what do you feel that your innermost superpower is that got you to this point? If I, could, if I had to point my finger at one thing, I would like to think that I am an elite problem solver. And I think that any successful entrepreneur has to be at least a very good problem solver because the problems never go away. They just change, right? Mm. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if you're familiar with Andy Frasilla, but he's a mentor of mine. Yes. Um, but a- Andy's a, a mentor of mine, friend of mine. And, and, and I, as my business was scaling, I, I asked him one time, I'm like, you know, like, what? Because he's, he's a company's probably at a billion with a B at this point. I'm like, you know, Andy, yeah. like, when, did, when does this slow down, man? Like, what, when, when? And he's like, chance the problems, they never, they never, ever go away. They just mm. keep changing and the magnitude of them grows. So I talk about entrepreneur scar tissue a lot. Every time you go through something, you have to fire an employee. It's terrible. You have to lay an employee off. It's terrible. You know, you lose a bunch of business. It's terrible. Like these things that just come and they go and they happen. You build a little more scar tissue with every single battle that you get through, right? You might not necessarily win them, Mm. but you got through them. And the more of that that Mm. you build, the better that you get at handling problems and adversity in general. But I feel like I am very good at taking a step back. I actually put this on my social media this morning. I talked about this. Um, Control what you can control. You can take a step back at any situation in the world. I don't care if you're having money problems, marital problems, problems with your kid, problems with your job, problems with your business, problems with a relationship with a friend, an employee, anything. You can take a step back and everything should drop into one of two columns. Things that you can control and alter and things that you cannot control and you cannot change, right? And if you're able to assess adversity like that or problems and really just focus on the things that you can actually control, it gives you a lot of clarity and helps you cope with it a lot clear, more clearly, right? Because you're not wasting time on your emotions on things that you're not going to change. I can't mm-hmm. change a lot of things, right? So if I can just yeah. stay focused on the things that I can change, and that I can alter the path of, it really makes getting through adversity so much easier. And I think I'm so full of scar tissue at this point that I feel like there's nothing that gets thrown my way, no matter how bad it is. I can mentally stay focused on keeping a positive attitude and controlling the things that I can control. Mm. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's like, oh, I know it's, it's level of awareness is right. So the level of awareness of when we are on a level of our problems 
and we were just looking at face to eye to eye, it's hard to see solution because we're right there. When we elevate our level of awareness, then we can look down and we can actually see one bucket and the other bucket. We can, we are more clear. Absolutely. Awareness is everything. Self-awareness, yeah. right? Yes. I, I talk everything. about that to my Changed team my a lot. Yeah, a hundred percent. I talk to my team about that a lot. It's not just awareness, it's self-awareness. Like, are you, are you yes. able to step out of your body and look at yourself? How are you handling mm. this? That is so huge if people can learn mm. the art of that. And look, all these yeah. things, I don't have everything figured out. Let's not paint a picture like I've got the world by, by you know, I've got the world just at the tip of my hands and I'm, 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 we're all a work in progress, right? And, and we're all, we all make mistakes and we all don't do these things it's perfectly. A journey. And it is a journey. But I think that the key is, is improvement and studying, you know, I'm not talking yeah. about textbooks, just studying situations and, and having the ability to reflect and have that awareness. And how can I do this better next time? That's the mm. key. So many people don't do that. Mm. They get too caught up in the vulnerability pity yeah. party, right? And then it over, yep, it consumes yep. them. And then they, they're in the same repetitive patterns over and over and over and over and over again in all facades of their life. It never ends. Hmm. No, I couldn't agree more. I love this, man. This is, this is, I love this topic and I love this conversation I'm having with you. You know, one thing I would add is, is a calmness of mind. You know, when we have the calmness of mind, all these things that we're talking about become more transparent. You know, we, we, we are in more of the control of what's happening, you know, when we have that calmness, when we have that chaos in the mind, it's hard to kind of see things clearly. Absolutely. I agree 110%. Yeah. And I think a lot of the things we yeah. just talked about, at least for me, that's what gives me that calmness. You know, that's what allows yes. me to relax and, and assess, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's, it's a yeah. lot easier said than done. I just know that I'm much yes. better at it now than I was last year and the year before and the year before that. I mean, to look at who I am as a man and as a human being now compared to the guy that I was 10 years ago, um, yeah. it's, it's hard to comprehend. And, it, you know, people think, oh, you're talking about the financial success. It has nothing to do with the financial success. It has everything to do with the recreation of who I am as a human being. That's, mm -hmm. that's really what it is. That's what I get most proud mm -hmm. of myself for. It's it not the, the money. It's power the success. It's, yeah. 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 No, that's great. If, if you can introduce me to Andy, I'd love to interview him, um, you know, bring his uh, message on the show, help him spread it. Um, you know, I, I've seen his content. Uh, he's a, seems like a great guy. So he's definitely a, that'll be appreciated. Andy that you see everywhere is is who he is in real life too. That man is Great. that's that's a one thing about a lot of people at his level. What you see is not what you get. Uh, with him, yeah. what you see is exactly what you get. And I love yeah. people like that uh, that are just real and raw yeah. in general. He's a great man. Yeah, yeah that, that that's for me. That's the most important is real, you know. And and I I feel. And from the comments that I receive, like for our show, people, the reason why it's growing, the reason why people share and they like it is because it's just organic, real conversation to people. And sure. whatever you see here, you get in real, in, in real life, in the emails and other communication. Everything is just is as is. Yeah. Yep. I you think know, that's, that's a lot that's of reason. That's the new, new age secret. 
it, it is. And it's because of this social media world that we have now, right? I mean, everything you see is a highlight reel when somebody's like, yeah, yeah. my life <laughs> really sucks there for a while. And then people are like, well, your hmm. life sucked too. Mine sucks right now. And then they can relate yeah. to it, right? You know, like, yeah. so yeah, I mean, it's that, that is a, I think that's a reason why I've had a lot of business success as well. Uh, I don't sugarcoat anything. And from day one, I had the value Good. of if a client comes to me, or prospective client, and let's say they're trying to do a, a job and they have a budget of $2,000 a month, and I know it's a $5,000 a month job, I would not take them on. From day one, yeah. even when I was a desperate entrepreneur for any deal that I could ever get, integrity uh -huh. and honesty was more important to me than the business. And I look, in hindsight, I'd probably be where I'm ahead of right now if I would have taken some of that business on, but at least I have my integrity. I can lay my head down at night no. and, and go, I could have put that small business in a bad spot and instead of I did course. the right thing. And I truly believe in karma and the, and the universe and, and God and things coming full circle. And if you just do yeah. the right thing and just be real and honest with people, those things are always going to come back to, to help you in the long run. Love it. Be real. Eth have those ethics, you know, and those morals stand for something, you know, in business trying to do what the other person needs to hear or expects, you're just basically a puppet. You know, That's if right. you do whatever you do from your heart and just, and even if the post, for example, social media posts, and it, it doesn't sound right, you know, maybe your English, you know, the grammar is a hundred percent. I don't know if you checked any of my posts. I like to do it myself. And I, I, I don't care. I just, not that I don't yeah. care in an ignorant way. I mean, like, to me, I, it's very important who I am, and I'm super comfortable with who I am, and yes. I just portray that from my heart out. And then whoever likes me likes me. Whoever doesn't like me, they don't like me. I don't, it doesn't bother me, right? Like before, yeah. it was always the other way around, right? Outside-in paradigm instead of the inside-out. Outside-in is like you're always – even even before you say something, you're concerned what that person is going to think. 100%. Changes yeah. everything in your business. It, it really does. I'll share two quick stories. One, it, another yeah. thing that came from Andy is, you know, he, he always talks about 50% of people are not going to like you. Yeah. No matter what you do, 50%, half of people are not going to like you. No matter what you do or who you are, no half matter of people what you are not going to like you. So focus on the 50% yeah. of people that do like you, right? Who cares yeah. about the 50% yeah. that don't like you? That's just the law yeah. of average. Just focus on the people that yeah. actually care. Uh, yeah. But how is going to bring that and tie that into to, to marketing in general? I was at a business event. This was probably three years ago now, right? Pre, kind of pre-pandemic. Um, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful off the Shark Tank, was the speaker there. And he talked about, and I'm paraphrasing the number here. I don't have the exact numbers, but let's just say he said, I, you know, I've got my hands in 137 businesses, right? Because the Shark Tank and everything he does as an investor. Yeah. He talked about how he had this huge videography team. He had like, you know, 20 videographers, like 30 editors, you know, 15 photographers. Again, I'm just paraphrasing, throwing numbers off the cuff here, but he had this huge like media team, right? The media team. And they did all this professional shoots and, all, you know, all this very good looking and, and all this just high end creative. And they reached a point where they realized that their highest performing ads were done with iPhones. And he literally iPhones. got rid of the entire team. They stopped doing anything professionally shot, anything that was high-end edited. To your point, if you stuttered, they liked that. People want relatability. Yeah. So I pound that yeah. into my clients all the time now. I'm like, you don't need a videographer. Yeah. Do you have a phone? 
Use your phone, selfie video, be real. People, if you stutter, so does the person watching the video. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody has perfect grammar, perfect human. speaking ability, right? We're all human. So people want relatability. Yeah. It goes back to who the hell wants to watch a TV commercial? If it's not the Super Bowl, nobody wants to watch TV commercials. Well, when they're scrolling Facebook, they don't want to watch a commercial either. They want to see something they can relate to. And real is relatable. Advertising is not. So make mm. your advertising and your creative in your marketing real. relatable. Make it real. Mm. So I pound on this all the time. I, cl I get clients that get scared Great. to get in front of the camera and they're like, oh, I need a videographer. I need I'm like, no, you don't. You need a phone. <laughs> Just trust me on this. Yeah. Yeah. No, excellent. Chan. Chan, it's been uh, amazing talking to you, my friend. Uh, uh, all the things that you're saying and the discussion that we had is hitting home. You know, I'm, I'm happy that the growth that you're experiencing you're a good man and, and, you know, you deserve it all. Keep going, keep serving, keep helping others grow uh, because what you do impacts other people and their kitchen and their family. So, you know, I, I wishing you all the best um, in your journey. If you have any final thoughts for the audience, uh, please go ahead. Yeah, I don't know if I have any final thoughts. I just want to say that, you know, those words mean a ton to me, specifically saying good man and you deserve it. You know, the, the thing I would say is, we're all good people at heart and everybody deserves it. It just really comes down to who's really ready to work for it. And that's what mm. separates the people that quote unquote make it and don't. Everybody has it mm. inside of them. I'm a college dropout that mm. had a 483 credit score. Single mom raised me. I was not handed anything. If I can mm. do it, I promise you there's a lot of people. Agreed. Most people are smarter than I am, probably more talented than I am. Anybody can do it. Anybody can make it. And entrepreneurship is hard. Um, but my big thing is just, just don't quit. People quit mm. so damn easily. They get frustrated yes. and they quit. Do not quit. Mm. Focus on what you can control and just embrace the journey. That's what people do that make yes. it. Every single successful person that is self-built has lived by those principles in some way, shape or form. Thank you, Chen. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. No problem. And uh, audience, you heard Chance, you know, and you know what I always say as well. And I agree with Chance about the point, you know, anybody can do it. You have what it takes within you to make it happen. And like I always say, you are super. And the reason why we say that on the show all the time to everyone, even our guests and everyone out there, is because we are born super. We have all the gifts like the human being has those special gifts that we can create. We just have to calm the mind, get that programming fixed or, re or replaced with new programming that allows this body to move into action with a great belief system, great faith in you because you do have the gifts, every single one of you. You can do what Chance is doing. You can do what I'm doing. You can do what Andy's doing. You can do better. There's tons and tons of stories online that you'll hear people come in to organizations and they feel like they're nothing and then they go right to the top. And, you know, Chance shared someone that is uh, uh, someone big in his company now that came in at $12 an hour, right? He amplified her. 
He helped and she took it from there and created something. So you have it all in you to make it happen. Just got to take that first step. If you need to get in touch with Chance, he's a great guy. You can see he loves to chit chat. He loves to share knowledge and helpful and he'll be true to you. So get in touch with him. All his information will be in the show notes. And again, Chance, thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. Thank you.